at that moment where I had this situation, I was at my lowest and I didn't realize it until I was in it. I am a human individual. I love relationships. I am who I am thanks to my parents. And I think I found my purpose probably in the last years and just learning how to pave it forward for others that like me at the beginning didn't know how to be authentic or how to in a way be seen or be valued for what they had to offer. As a healthy person, I've had my fair share of surgeries and broken bones. And I believe that scars are the trophies of the bodies. But last year, before I was getting ready to become a, a dad for the first time, uh, I was really excited and looking forward to that. And with my wife at home with almost 40 weeks, she was 39 weeks and a half pregnant. I one day woke up with a swollen arm, no pain whatsoever, nothing. It was weird, but I didn't pay too much attention. Told my wife about it and she goes, that's weird. We thought it was probably an allergy. And that night I went to bed and I thought, okay, this is going to get better. And during that night, I had a nightmare. During the nightmare, basically, I was with doctors and they told me I should have gone to the hospital. And I took that as a sign. I believe in signs. So next morning, I told my wife I should go and check this out. And long story short, I ended up in the ICU with what was a severe thrombosis. I had more than 100 blood clots from my neck to my arm. And basically, just wondering what was going to happen with my wife at home of my first child, I started asking myself the most fundamental questions that you never think you're gonna ask yourself. Am I gonna meet my son? Am I gonna make it through this? And am I leaving behind the legacy I wanna leave? And how's my wife gonna raise this son by herself? All those questions, but I'm always a positive person. And I thought, okay, it's gonna be okay. I'm in great hands. And after three surgeries to temporarily solve the problem, I made it home. I remember in the hospital calling the doula that we hired and said, you're probably going to take my wife through this on her own. And she told me, Camilo, babies are very wise. If they don't feel safe, he's going to wait for you. And so he did. I went through three surgeries. I came home and the day that I came home, my wife went into labor and Thomas was born that night. He was born and we were the happiest parents. And after going through that first, let's say 15 days of what I thought was a minor thing, it was actually the beginning of a very long journey because with my wife at home and my son in her arms, then we continued to try to find out the root cause of my problem until we did. And we realized that it was bigger than a thrombosis, that I was actually, I had a congenital issue that as a very rare condition called thoracic outlet syndrome. And I ended up spending almost four months in the hospital. And what started with three surgeries to remove blood clots ended up becoming a life-threatening pursuit of solving a bigger issue. So without getting into the details of the surgeries, after six surgeries and spending a lot of time in the hospital, I really started to really think about the biggest, most philosophical and fundamental questions in life. And in those moments after some of those surgeries, I was in need of inspiration. And that's when through reading and just trying to have moments of, let's say, relaxation, I found you. I found your story. I found how you have used trauma to actually teach yourself first and foremost how to overcome it and how to teach others to accept it, embrace it, and more importantly, to have the tools to actually navigate life's traumas. And I thought that was really 
timely and purposeful somehow that destiny in a way landed me on your feet and in a moment where I was going through trauma and I was going through fear I was going through anxiety that I needed to think about it and how could I overcome this so I could be a dad to Thomas I could be a husband to my wife fair and I could be a brother and a son oh my goodness what a very very scary thing to go through right when you're about to become a father and from my history working with trauma, I understand it is often in the lead up or post birth that past traumas can surface. And so we've talked a little bit about this, but for the listeners, I'll share. I believe we put so much unconscious energy towards protecting ourselves and compartmentalizing things and, and making it work and doing life. And the moment we know there's going to be this other human that we need to protect and nurture, I believe a lot of our unconscious energy transfers and goes to this human as is natural and as it should but if there's unhealed trauma inside us sometimes it can leave it kind of open and flailing around and often that can be the emergence of some pretty intense symptoms does that concept resonate for you i definitely think it resonates natalia before i would say i think it was a great theory or thought i sincerely believe that today and i don't know i cannot claim it medically i cannot say whether it happened or not because there was a, definitely a congenital issue. But I definitely think that when I look back and with hindsight, I think about the past two years before that, I was not in a good space, neither mentally or let's say physically. We went through with my wife through a very long process to start our family. And that comes with beautiful moments, but also very stressful moments. And it comes with sad moments and happy moments. So it's a roller coaster of emotion. And that in a context where we are both foreigners living in, in a different country, far away from our families and with no necessarily no structure support system, I'm going to call it. Of course, we have friends here and there, but it's friends that you either meet contextually or, or things like that, but it's tough. So, so I think that definitely played a part. And then, of course, the stress of a very dynamic work environment. And I'm not just going to say it because of the brand or company I work with, but more than anything, because of the last three years in which we operated, which were dynamic for every one of us in the world, right? Going through a pandemic and the disruption around that, going through all the social unrest that we've seen around the world, and especially in America, where I live now, our company went through a massive, let's say, a reorganization, which put stress into the situation. So I think all those parts started to, to in a way, compile and create a situation that was not ideal. So when I went through this, whether all those situations caused it or not, what I do know is that at that moment where I had the situation, I was at my lowest and I didn't realize it until I was in it. And I actually saw the beauty of it. I think whether it's God or destiny, it put me in that hospital bed in that moment, isolated from everyone and from everything, because this was still during COVID. So I was in the ICU by myself without any kind of support. My wife at home, first pregnant, and then with our son. And there was nothing I could do about it more than just reflect, think, slow down, take a breath, Think about how I got there and how I needed to come out of that a different man. And I have to say, I embraced it. At the moment, of course, it felt tough. I had days of tears, days of 
smiles, mostly days of tears, I have to say, but I needed, I needed to cry. I needed to let it all out. I needed to just embrace the fact that I was there on my own. And that's why I was seeking for inspiration. And my wife was at home, so there was nothing I could do about it. So I took it a little bit upon myself to find the answers, to ask the questions and to feel the feelings that I was feeling. Sadness, loneliness, fear. I did a lot of work that had to be done. Example, I had to do state planning. I had to prepare for the worst. Now that I was a dad, I had six surgeries Two of them were life-threatening and the risk was major. They've never performed it at the hospital I was in. So in, I think, a month's time, in record time, I did my state planning with a firm of lawyers that they helped me. But my whole process was, if I do this, I'm going to find the peace of mind to move forward because I know I've prepared the ground for my wife and my son. I think sometimes we ignore ourselves for so long, the calls of the body and the whispers of the spirit, that at some point our body's just going to start screaming or something's going to come along and create like a forced boundary to make us connect to what we need to heal. And so, you know, you described it as, you know, like a rock bottom. I think it's a really common experience for those of us that have gone through trauma and are kind of living in survival mode, that we will be forced towards this rock bottom point. And to me, it gives a new meaning to the word vulnerability, which is such a popular word these days, because when you're there, you're totally raw and vulnerable and in some ways helpless. And you have to let go of all the coping and survival mechanisms and look at yourself and look at your life and figure out a new way to be here. Thank you for your time, your presence and your receptivity. The better we understand how we have decontextualized, the more we can begin to co-create a kinder and more intelligent world. If this episode stirred you, please like it, leave a comment or share it. To learn more about my work, visit nataliarachel.com or connect with me via LinkedIn, Instagram or YouTube. For now, leaving you with intentions for healing and collaborative, innovative regeneration.